You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Okay, okay, okay. What's up? Welcome back. Ooh, today we're talking about bleeding because we love it. No, we don't. Fuck that noise. I love being a woman. I'm here for it. Love my uterus. Love my vagina. You know, love having penises inside of me. Um, I love that I get to give birth. Super excited that, you know, I am a woman and I have a vagina. And wow, wow, periods and hormones. Just it's a it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing that I'm pretty sure I didn't sign up for. And here we are. Here we are with sore boobs and moodiness and imbalances in our hormones and having to get IUDs and birth control and being in pain and not sleeping and being stressed and Lord help us all. I mean, this is just, this is our reality, but it doesn't have to be bad. This is what I've learned over the years, which is why I'm so excited for today's guest. Barry on Barry. She goes by Barry, Barry, Barry. I'm obsessed with her. She is amazing. Um, she has a podcast. It's called Flow. Highly recommend. This babe is one of the smartest, coolest people I have ever talked to. I loved this conversation. It was so educational. I have known a lot around hormones and periods for quite a bit just because I've had so many issues with chronic illness. And it's so cool to have a refresher and also get her perspective on a lot of things that I've never talked about on this show, um, including the jab, our current jab situation, and how that is affecting women's menstrual cycles. Yes, we get into it. So be sure to stay tuned to the end of this conversation because damn, it's good. Uh, We talk about so many things. I already said boobs and moodiness. So there's that. But we get into cycle syncing, which is really what she hones in on um, in her community, how to balance hormones, her thoughts on birth control and IUDs, autoimmune disease, inflammation, how pain is not normal. And then how to get to the root core problems of what's actually happening for you, not just this like Band-Aid effect that most doctors subscribe to. So hell yes, love Barry, love this. It's going to be so helpful for you. I'm so excited for you to listen. Here we go. Barry, it is so, so nice to meet you and have you on the show. Thank you for being here today. Oh my goodness, Kelly. I am so fired up and so excited to be here. Like, thank you for having me. Yeah. So we were talking a second ago and I was just saying when I found you recently, I was so excited because so much of what you're talking about is stuff that I have been preaching and personally experiencing in my life for the last five, 10 years. And I think it's just, it's so amazing that you are talking about holistic methods of healing our bodies and in so many ways, because I think you know, we have been taught, I don't know how old you are. I'm 33, like our generation and and those before us too, is that take a pill or do this and easy, quick fixes. And I think what we're realizing is that that's not true and that doesn't have to be the only way. So I would love to hear how you got into hormones and why you feel so passionately about helping women heal their bodies naturally. Well, I'm 27, right? So I can either go like long and drawn out because I think I've lived forever or we can do a quick (laughs) and dirty. So I'll give you the quick and dirty because I feel like it's appropriate. Um, But essentially the way that I got into hormones, it really started with 
my father was actually misdiagnosed with cancer at an early age. Like I was 10 years old when he passed away. And so I had this vendetta out against like Western medicine at 10 years old. Like I'm going to get them back. And so I thought I was going to go into like politics or be a lawyer. Like, you know, like that's what I thought. So that's what I went to college for. You know, I graduated university with my background really being in political science, Arabic and German, because I was on the path to be a politician. I really was. Um, and then I pumped the brakes and realized that I wanted to help people in a way that actually made sense. And as I went through my own early spiritual awakening, I very much so am an old soul, but like, we'll get to that, right? I realized I had a really toxic relationship with my body, but specifically my menstrual cycle. And so much of our feminine energy is actually connected to our menstrual cycle. So I wanted to figure out how I can marry the science of biology with the spirituality aspect of what it means to stand in your like feminine power, right? That's what I really wanted to do, but I couldn't figure it out. Like I really couldn't figure it out for a long time. Um, Make a very long story short. I was the person who dealt with the heavy bleeding, the cramping, the missing periods, went to university, got on the pill, turned into a raging you fill in the blank because I was like every <laughs> I was everything under the sun. And, you know, by the time I graduated from college, I sat and met with my naturopath and she was just like, look, sweetie, you got to pick your career or your health. And I was like, I'm in corporate America. I'm not choosing. Like, I'm 22. I don't have to choose. Joke's on me. <laughs> like major joke on me. I dropped out of corporate America um, probably a year into it and started my journey on healing my own body and learning how to heal and help myself in a very integrative way. So was my relationship with my period toxic? AF. Yes, 100% most toxic thing, but it was also rooted in healing from the very beginning, right? So there's all of these ebbs and flows to it, just like our energy and our menstrual cycle. But yeah, that's how I got started. Now here we are. That's amazing doing all the things. It's crazy. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like we just went through like a crazy journey, but like, that's literally what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Right. I think, I think really what we forget or what we're just not taught is that healing and our health, our cycles, our hormones, they're very layered. They're very nuanced and there's so much that goes into it and everything is connected. And that's something that I didn't understand growing up. And when I started getting into functional medicine and Ayurveda and healing from chronic illness, I started to see the gut and the brain and the hormones and all these things and how they were connected. And I started to understand the mind body connection and bringing in the spirituality and the mindfulness and how much that impacts your body. And I became a whole new person. It was like Kelly 1.0 and Kelly 2.0. And it's just so interesting when you start to put the pieces together, you start to see you're not just working on one part of the body. It's really a holistic approach to full body wellness. Um, and so What is it that happened for you when you started getting your cycle on track, when you started regulating your hormones? What is it that you were feeling inside of you that you were like, whoa, this is really profound? So the the defining moment was actually interviewing someone for my podcast. She was just like, yeah, periods are normal and like you shouldn't be in pain. And I was like, bitch, what? Like that was the (laughs) moment. Like that was the initial moment. And it was 2019 when that happened. She was just like, yeah, you should like check out this book. And I was like, all right. Like at the time I was like a certified functional nutritionist. I was a personal trainer. So 
I was just testing things out on myself. And my period, I ate my way to a better period. That's how I fixed my period problems was through like food. Food is medicine, right? Yeah. And so then I did that. That was end of January. It started. I had a perfect period come March, in my opinion. Like there was no pain. It was only like three days, maybe four days long. And I was like, we're living life. I'm not, there's no happy flow. Like everything was good. And so that initial moment was like, wait, this could be something, right? Like this could be something because not a lot of people who actually are my age and live a lifestyle like I live know this is possible, right? At the time, what? I was 24, 25 at the time. And so I was like, the wellness space was either one or two things, right? It was either super woo-woo and esoteric, which we're here for, or was super just science and facts. And I'm like, what if we create that synergy between the two? That was my thought. And then I figured out how to do it when it came to the menstrual cycle. And I was like, oh, we're in flow, baby. Like everything I love is like flow. That's what I do. It's who I am. So that initial moment was, okay, this could be something and I'm feeling really good. And then I learned how to kind of combine the two worlds. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is it. And now here we are two years later. And I'm like, this is how we're living. Everyone needs to know how to do it. Yeah. Okay. So food is medicine. I experienced that profoundly when I was healing from my chronic illness. Um, And I just realized what it did to my body when I started taking out all these inflammatory foods. Um, And it's not that these foods just cause inflammation. These Mm -hmm. foods are causing so much dysregulation within your body. So what is it about food and our hormones that what, like, what are we missing here? I think what we really have to establish is what is food and what are hormones, right? So my food and let me just do like a trigger warning. I'm not sure how the audience of the Kelly show is, but I, I feel like they're okay with me being very direct, but food is a tool, right? It's either going to be used to work for us and heal us and nourish us, or it's something that can be used against us that makes us sick and works literally against us, right? So that is food. It is our fuel. How you feel in your car? That's a, that's up to you, okay? And then hormones, they're the chemical messengers of the body. So they tell our body how it's going to work and twerk. Well, if you're not nourishing your body properly, then the messages that the hormones are trying to communicate are either misdirected, they're misfiring altogether, or they're not getting to where they need to go because there's too much inflammation present in the body. There's, think of it like hormones are translators. They're telling our body what they need to do, how it needs to be done. But if the translator can't understand your English, how broken is that message going to be? And maybe this isn't the right time to say it, but there's no other way to like really communicate it. We have to think about it like that. That's so good. So what were some of the foods that you started taking out or adding in that you feel like made the biggest difference for you? So I took out a lot of sugar. I I mean, my name is Barry. I love sweet things. Okay. <laughs> I really, I do. But I had to remove a lot of those processed sugars, those refined carbohydrates. Pretty much now, the only thing that I have that comes out of a package might be rice noodles or like my mushroom coffee. And <laughs> like, that's it. I try to do everything as fresh as possible, as vibrant as possible. And I really focus in on those proteins, healthy fats, and fibers. And I know that's really vague, but that's the thing. 
eating your way to a better period and really nourishing your body doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it out to be. Eat better, not less, right? Mm -hmm. Make those tweaks, make those adjustments, honor your cravings. Can we talk about cravings for a second? Can we just? Please. All right, let's talk about cravings real quick. It's a language. Like our body can't say, I need more of this nutrient, but it can say, oh, okay, this specific food has this nutrient. So let me trigger her to crave this. So I get this nutrient. So the chocolate craving, the infamous chocolate craving, like, listen, not to drag a Snickers because we all love a good Snickers, but your body doesn't want the Snicker. Your body actually wants the magnesium, the calcium, and the vitamin D, and probably also the calories if you're someone who overtrains and undernourishes, right? So that's what your body is actually wanting. It's not necessarily the Snickers. So how can you give your body the magnesium, the calcium, the vitamin D, but also the calories that it needs for the process of menstruation, which is so energy intensive in the first place? You know, like, yeah, I'm trying to make it simple, but there's like levels to this. So learn the language of cravings and then be like, oh, it's not really the chocolate. Oh, it's not really the like salty chips I want. Although I saw your reel. (laughs) I was like. I, I, I can relate. I understand. Girl, I was just, I was on one for people who didn't see my reel. I was eating these like vegan cheesy puffs. I can't even remember what they're called, but I was literally stuffing my face. It was just happening. And I thought, oh, this would be a really funny video. So then I just videoed myself doing it. And I was like, yep, definitely starting my period because I don't do this on a daily basis. But it, And the cool thing is you knew that as a sign, right? You knew yeah. the way you were eating is an indicator. Now let's get a little bit like nerdy with it, right? Let's talk about the science behind it. Your basal metabolic rate actually increases during the second half of your menstrual cycle. So you'll notice there's an uptake in your appetite. Well, why is that? Because your progesterone is something that actually stimulates your appetite. But what people don't know is your estrogen and your serotonin actually suppress your appetite. Well, in the second half of your menstrual cycle, there is a dip in estrogen and serotonin. So Mm. the fact that you're hungry, like that's normal. That's good, right? But it's like, how are we now fueling that body, right? How are we using the food as the tool? And can we be a little bit more intentional? But like, no shade to the vegan cheese puffs either. Like we all need them from time to time. It's okay. Totally. Yeah. You better not shame me for that woman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to do it. Um, Do it. So, okay, this is super interesting. I want to know your thoughts on fasting because I've heard so many mixed reviews about fasting, how it can negatively affect us as women, that it's more for men, uh, that we need it uh, for our adrenals and our hormones and all of those things. So where do you stand on that? So my personal stance is it does not matter. You got to figure out what works for you. Now, the research and the science done on like intermittent fasting specifically has all been conducted on people who don't have periods. Okay. Okay. Straight up. That's not helpful. (laughs) That's what the facts say. And so the fact of the matter is, based off of the research, no, I wouldn't necessarily recommend intermittent fasting. However, knowing how I personally nourish my body, like I wake up in the morning around like 5 a.m., sis is not trying to eat. I'm just not. It's not the vibe. I'm not thinking about food until about 10 o'clock. That's just me personally. Now, my, I, my last meal of the day might be at 6 or 7 p.m. 
I'm not intentionally fasting. I'm not intentionally trying to break a fast or practice intermittent fasting and all of that. But a lot of people would argue that I might practice it in some way. And it's just like, no, I'm just intuitively eating. So if I were to recommend fasting to people, I would say do it in a cyclical way. So maybe do it for six weeks and then be off for four weeks. Do it for six weeks, then be off for four. Because I do understand that a lot of people like intermittent fasting because they're trying to achieve their weight loss goals and different things like that. But that's kind of my stance. It's like, start creating your own headlines and your own rules when it comes to basically everything in life, but especially your body. Yes, that's so good. Okay, you mentioned something about under eating. And I I did not realize this, but about a year and a half ago, I was working with this trainer and I wanted to gain muscle. And she's like, well, you need to track your food for me. And I had an eating disorder when I was like 19 to 21. And so I've always kind of been averse to tracking things, weighing myself since then, because it's just not, not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And what was amazing about doing this is that I found I was under eating by a thousand plus calories every day. And I started thinking back, I'm like, I think I've been doing this for the last 15 years, under eating, under nourishing. And of course I'm going to be tired. Of course I'm not going to be able to get rid of chronic illness. I'm not giving my body what it needs. It's always deprived. And so I started eating more and I swear to God, overnight, I felt like a different person. I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing is food. Got it. Okay. And I started gaining weight. I started gaining muscle mass. My ass got bigger because how is your ass supposed to get bigger if you're not (laughs) eating food? Like it just doesn't make sense. So I think this is actually a super common problem where we don't even realize how much we are under eating or maybe it's overeating too. So how do we navigate that? Like, what do we need to do to make sure that we're eating enough to help our hormones, to help ourselves regulate and to also be like you're saying, nourishing ourselves daily? I think it comes down to being aware and being intentional. So, you know, think about how you actually live your day to day life. We're a lot. We live in a society that loves routines and God forbid that you break the routine, right? God forbid that you follow your own path when it comes to certain things. But when you think about it, you wake up, you, you might be like, okay, I need my lemon water. I need my coffee. Um, okay. I'm out the door for some people, you know, the blessing of 2020 was us all having to slow down a lot of other things in there too, but the force of us slowing down, right? Well, now that everybody's going back kind of into the usual way of life prior to 2020, It's like going right back to this like factory mindset, this work like boom, 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 boom. So slow it down. Get back to that place where you can be intentional and like mindful of what it is you're consuming. Um, One of the things I have my clients do, we put food alarms on their phone. Mm. Not because I'm trying to be like crazy, like you have to eat. It's to remind them hey, I know you're getting that bag. Like, we love it. Get your money. Don't let me stop you, but also nourish that body. Mm -hmm. And when you know how to build your plate intentionally for your hormones, right? When you're living in sync with your cycle, you don't look at it as like, this is a chore. You look at it as like, okay, this is going to fuel me to accomplish whatever goal and vision I'm setting out to do. And your body needs different things throughout the menstrual cycle too, right? There's four phases of your cycle. So what you need 
and what you want to focus on during the first two phases of your cycle versus what you're focusing on on the last two phases of your cycle actually are a little bit different. The basics of what you'll always need is the protein, the healthy fat, and the fiber. But then from there, you know, certain parts of the cycle, you want to really focus in on your gut health because it's going to help get rid of any toxins in the body, right? So during the first half of your cycle, I'll just break it down really quick. During the first half of your cycle, you really want to focus in on aiding your gut, specifically your liver in its process of detoxification. So this is where we're focusing in on the cruciferous vegetables, you know, higher fiber intake, especially those dark leafy greens that like literally I'm so tired of saying, but we need, right? Because this is going to help get rid of the higher levels of estrogen, which are generally associated with hormonal like imbalance, but specifically period pain. And then in the second half of your cycle, you're going to focus in on getting more calories, believe it or not, and more complex carbohydrates as well as micronutrients. Why am I doing this? Because your body's about to prepare to shed and release. So as your body is physically preparing to release, you want to start replenishing it intentionally with the things that's going to help it rebuild. You see what I'm saying? Mm. I feel yes, like I just talked so in so many circles. No, that's amazing. It's true. I mean, you have to, your body is doing so many different things every single month during different phases of your cycle. So of course you would want to replenish and nourish yourself in different ways based on what's going on. I totally get that. I love that. Okay. What is it telling us when our boobs are getting bigger or our boobs are really sore? Gosh, I wish I didn't have mosquito bites. Like, so <laughs> I am like over here like I wish I had juicy mangoes but I am like an A cup with like I think I'm a 32A according to Lady of Victoria's Secret at 27 like very oh flat God. chest my boobs don't even swell like it is so disappointing in every way but generally when your boobs are swelling is there's an indication that the estrogen levels are higher that, than they need to be in the second half of your cycle as you're preparing so what you would want to do is maybe consider taking an herb like black cohosh root, which is actually known to kind of change the levels of estrogen. You also might consider taking something called Vitex, which is known for helping balance the hormones, right? Those are the two like herbs I would recommend. Uh, but also understanding that part of your boob swelling, for those of you who have that nice luxury, okay, gosh, <laughs> over here waiting on that to happen, it hasn't, um, is it's your body's way of preparing for a potentially viable pregnancy. Mm. So prolactin causes our breasts to swell. Okay. And so your body thinks once a month, every month, especially when you're in that like peak reproductive, like range, like so many of us, like anytime, basically before like 43 is that peak range, in my opinion. Right. Um, well, 16, about 43. Your body's like, oh, well, let me get bigger in case she does actually conceive. Okay, now we're going to start figuring out how to make the milk so that that's part of it. Now, that is natural and normal. What's well, not necessarily natural and normal is like if you touch your boob and like you're about to cry, that's not normal, right? So that yeah. could be the, the issue with the estrogen or the progesterone specifically. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know until a couple years ago that having a lot of swelling and a lot of pain wasn't normal. I thought that was just part of the deal. And I remember telling my acupuncturist in LA about it and she said, no, this is actually an imbalance with your estrogen. And so we started working on it and it got so much better. Um, so I'm, I love that you're talking about that. I think it's so important. All these things that we think are so normal, like painful periods, 
really painful boob, big boobs, the whole thing. And it's like, it doesn't have to be this way. And you see me over here like, gosh, I just wish I had bigger boobs some days. But (laughs) let's set the record straight, right? Periods are normal. Pain is not. Like that is the number one thing we need to know. And we also have to understand that PMS symptoms or period pain are symptoms. They're not causes. A lot of people don't know the difference between the root cause of the issue and like a symptom of it. So generally, when it comes to period pain of any kind, right, any of PMS that we have, it's associated with three key things. One, hormonal imbalance, which is generally the most uh, common. Two, other chronic conditions and diseases, right, because that would then make the period pain more secondary than it would be primary. And then three, it would be the physical and emotional trauma that might be unaddressed. Now, I'm not a trauma expert. I mean, I could riff on it for a bit, but uh, I think that that's something that causes a lot of pain that people don't don't know about because epigenetics is something we are still, you know, researching in so many ways. But that plays a key role into like the pain and what you're experiencing in the body. Yes, yes, I am with you 100 percent. Okay, let's talk about the brands that I like to fuck with. And this is so perfect. Barry and I have been talking about hormones and cycles and food being medicine, and that's how we heal. Okay, so I have something amazing for you. I haven't talked about this a ton, but I am so in love with Organifi's Harmony. It is an incredible cacao blend. And for those of you who really love chocolate gold, this is like a different version of that. Um, it's not as strong in the chocolate. It's like a lighter cacao. I don't even know if that's a thing, but um, it is so good. It is so good for your hormones. I love the flavor. It has 12 superfood ingredients um, and the blend is so great for PMS symptoms, the bloating, the fatigue, mood swings, and it promotes better balanced hormones every day. So if you're looking for something to just be an assistant for you with adaptogens and something to just support you in overall healing and, and your period and all the things, then I highly, highly recommend checking out Organifi's Harmony. Okay, so the other thing I want to tell you about, because hydration is so important for our hormones, I would say hydration and sleep. If we just slept better and drank more water, we would probably feel really fucking good. But, you know, we're in wellness, so let's just be all trendy and shit. I love Element. This is not a secret. I pretty much shout this from the rooftops every chance I get. It's the gift I give everyone. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know what keeps on giving? I'm going to leave this in here. Connor interrupting me every seven seconds while I'm trying to read a goddamn ad. He's lucky he likes Element, so I'm not going to get too mad at him. I love Element. I have been drinking two a day. It has been dry as fuck in Colorado. I don't know what's going on. It's been 95 and hot. Today it was finally cooler and I put on a damn sweater. But I love Element. It replenishes electrolytes. It keeps you hydrated. If you're fasting, it helps curb cravings, all the things. It tastes bomb. I've said this once, I'll say this again. Mix the watermelon and lemon habanero. You're welcome. You can check out Element at drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. That's drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. And you'll get an eight pack sampler. It has the 
new flavors in it too. And it's only $5 for U.S. residents. Okay, let's talk about a newbie. It's a newbie and I'm really excited about it. Paleo Valley. I have been so obsessed with Paleo Valley for so long. Their supplements have been staples in our pantry for years now. And we finally got to collab and I'm so excited. Their products are top quality, the best of the best. Um, I mean, we truly use everything that they produce and we're just a huge fan of how good everything tastes, how easy it is. And, you know, I'm someone who I don't like a lot of bars on the market. I don't like you know, beef sticks or jerky sticks. Um, I'm questionable about a lot of different supplements and they just knock it out of the park across the board. So today I want to talk to you about the beef sticks. I know it's kind of like you're really, you're talking about beef sticks on the show. I mean, I love a good beef stick. I love a good beef stick. Um, and why? Because I have been eating a lot less carbs um, and working out more. And I feel really good when I'm higher protein, higher, higher fat. The hard thing for me is that I struggle getting enough protein. And I've talked about having smoothies and how important I think that is. And I love them and they taste great. And I still have needed something else. And when we're out hunting or camping or hiking, um, and we need snacks, even when I'm traveling something to throw into my bag, the paleo Valley beef sticks are so bomb. They're hundred percent grass fed and grass finished. Just so you know, this is, I learned this a couple of years ago and it is fucked. Many companies that are on the market will claim this is grass fed, but guess what? They're finished on grains. What? So if you have a problem with grains and you're eating meat and it says grass fed, but not grass finished, you're probably getting grains in your body, which could be contributing to your body pain and your chronic illness and inflammation. Yeah. Um, Their beef is also sourced from small domestic farms in the U.S. They use real organic spices to flavor things. So it's not like natural flavor. No, thank you. Um, They don't do conventional spices that have pesticides or GMO shit. And they taste so good. They have a ton of different flavors. I'm a huge fan. Um, but the because it's 100% grass-fed, it has like way higher levels of glutathione and vitamins and minerals and omega-3s. It's keto-friendly. It's super, super great protein-rich snack on to grab on the go. So huge fan. I'm so excited to be sharing Paleo Valley with you. Connor is obsessed. He's eaten almost all the beef sticks that they sent us, and I am not happy. I'm not happy about it. I'm glad he likes them, but like, come on, bro, share. You should go to paleovalley.com and enter the code KellyT at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the code KellyT and you'll get 15% off. Happy beef sticking. Okay, I want you to get on your soapbox for a second. And I would love for you to share your thoughts around hormonal birth control not being the answer. Listen. Let you go. <laughs> oh, baby, let me tell you. Okay. She said, get on my soapbox. So here we go. <laughs> Listen, friends, healing is a process, not a pill. Okay. So here's the science behind it. And I'm going to say this with so much love. And like, if you feel some type of way after this, that's fine. I'm here to inform you, not to offend you. But if you feel some type of way, go journal it out and like tell your therapist. Okay. Um, don't DM me. <laughs> like, straight up, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Cause like, 
people come to my DMs with all types of energy and I'm like, mm, I'm not the one. So here's the truth about hormonal birth control. Most hormonal birth control actually prevents the communication between your brain and your ovaries. Okay. So if your brain cannot communicate with your ovaries, then you cannot actually ovulate. If you are not ovulating, you are not menstruating. Now, it does not matter if you want to have kids in the future or not. Your menstrual cycle, according to the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, is your fifth vital sign. As in, it can be a precursor, like understanding how to read it and work with it can actually be a precursor to identifying other conditions that may be present. So whether or not you want to have a period, whether or not you want to have kids, we need you to actually have your menstrual cycle for your overall health and well-being. What you choose to do with your body is entirely up to you. Would I personally recommend hormonal birth control? Absolutely not. But is it your choice? Absolutely, totally do. Okay. Fertility awareness, though, that is the natural birth control method I practice. It's what I teach my clients. It's what I teach my students. And it's the thing I wish people would have taught me when I was a child because I would have never got on that pill. And then also, like, if the pill is so well and dandy, let's talk about the combination pill. Like, some of y'all might feel some type of way after this, but like, if it's so great, why does the World Health Organization actually say it's a carcinogen? Oh, shit. I'll wait. Wow. Mm -hmm. We don't know these things. And then, you know, there's the the IUD, right? A lot of people are like, oh, the copper IUD is so natural. And it's like, yeah, but also, like, you trying to put that up there? Like, you know, because for me, right, if we're talking about sex, like, what? I got questions. I always have questions. That's probably my pitfall. But you have to think that about that as well. And then you also have to think about what is the alleviation of the moment doing to my future enjoyment and fulfillment at the end of the day, right? So maybe there's a good chance that 50% of people listening to this want to have kids. Well, one of the side effects of hormonal birth control, it doesn't matter which one you're on, it's actually infertility. It's also a change in your brain. So you could get off of, you could be on hormonal birth control, meet the love of your life, get married to that person, get off of hormonal birth control, and then find out you don't even like that person. Why? Because the chemicals being emitted are different now. The pheromones are different. It all hits so different. So in a nutshell, hormonal birth control is a solution, not highly recommended by me. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> and what I want to add to your IUD point is I had the copper IUD and very shortly after getting it, all of my autoimmune chronic illness symptoms came back and I was like, what is going on? And I started Googling and I got into all these forums and there were thousands of women who were sharing the same experience. So after four months, I went and got that thing yanked out. Yes. Yanked out. It hurt so fucking bad. It was the worst pain ever. And my symptoms were gone. Like one to two days later, it causes extreme systemic inflammation. That is the point of it. So it's not just causing inflammation to the uterus. It's causing inflammation to your whole body because back to what we were saying earlier, everything's fucking connected. And if you think that putting something up in your uterus or on your arm, isn't going to affect the rest of your body, shut the fuck up. It does. Okay. See you. <laughs> That's the energy we need. Because I'm over here trying to be like, you know, let me not let the Virgo rising come out. But also, 
So let me, let's just kind of think about this a little logically, right? Why would we take something? Okay, there's a problem in our body. And our body's trying to notify us of this. Why would we take something foreign, synthetic, and arguably toxic, depending on what it is, insert it into the body? I was going to use a different word. (laughs) Insert it into the body, right? Because you know how this could go, right? This could go so many ways. Insert it into the body and think it's going to solve the problem. Listen, I will tell you this one thing. Your body is not a fool. She would never think and mistake something fake and synthetic for something that is real. And that's across the board with everything. So you have to be very cautious and mindful of what you are putting into your body. And also, another thing that I I come across is so often people are like, well, my doctor told me to do this when it comes to hormonal birth control. And I also just like, I hate to be this person, but it's like your doctor also gets paid every time that prescription gets filled. So like, you know, if you're aware of things and conscious, um, you might want to follow the paper trails that are being associated with this. Because in America, we have the system of sick care and not health care. And mm. I make no apologies for saying that. It's somebody's got to say it. And, you know, you don't like it. It's on you. But like, it's the truth. Anyhow, you know, like, I think that when it comes to especially people with periods, women, menstruators, however you want to identify. If you bleed once a month, every month, you need to be very mindful of how you are taking care of your body and who is taking care of your body. Make sure that you are optimizing your health on your terms in your way, because not everybody has the same MO. Not everybody has the same intention. And I say that with love because I really think that like we're brilliant. Like what? Like we could bleed every month and not die. Like what's good? Like Mm -hmm. what's up? Right. But it's, it also is to say that if somebody is trying to force hormonal birth control on you, ask them if there's another option. There's always another alternative. There's always another way. And I'll leave it off my soapbox now. Ooh, okay. But you're going to have to get back on it in a second. So I want to talk about cycle syncing, but before we get to that, because this is like a perfect segue, I would like to talk about the current, um, mandates and vaccines Mm -hmm. that are happening Mm -hmm. and the, I mean, thousands and thousands of complaints from women that, whether they have gotten the jab or they've been around people who've gotten it and they're shedding, menstrual cycles have been massively affected. I can speak to this. I experienced it. It's horrible. I want to know what your thoughts are. Ooh, shit. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's what I'm first going to say. If you want to know the science of how the actual vaccines work, I have an entire podcast episode breaking down the difference between, you know, the conventional vaccine versus the mRNA. Like, if you want to know the, the biology behind it and what's really going on, go listen to that podcast episode because I don't I don't really want to get into the nuances. It's kind of boring, if I'm being honest. But here's how I feel about the mandates and menstrual cycles. And I'm going to say this as boldly as I possibly can. Uh If you like it, great. If you hate it, that's great too. It's not going to change where I stand on it. Clinical trials do not study menstrual cycles. Up until I believe it was 19, 
1980 or 1970, women were not included in clinical trials of any sorts. Okay. When it comes to the vaccines, menstrual cycles were not studied. Again, they were not studied because we have hormonal fluctuations. When you are trying to study something, you want everything to be standard across the board. So if your hormones are changing throughout the month, they're rising and falling, you're not standard across the board. Okay? That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is it is your body and it is your choice. I want you to think about and be aware that you can make whatever decision you choose to make, but also know that your menstrual cycle is not only a part of your reproductive system, it's also a part of your immune system. Okay? So when you take something that is foreign and you put it in your body, your body might act up. Rightfully so, because your body wants to keep you alive. Your body doesn't like foreign invaders. And God, I'm really trying to like, I'm really trying to be nice about this, guys, but I really want you to understand that your body is an actual miracle and no amount of genetically engineered anything can really take from your body what your body knows to be true. Um, When it comes to, I'll just say the word shedding, because I have dealt with a lot of clients who have had a lot of shedding. I've dealt with a lot of clients who have chosen to be vaccinated and they've had horrendous bleeding. I've seen some of the craziest things over the past few months. I will say this, support your body with zinc, iron, selenium, and magnesium. Know that your body is doing its best to recalibrate itself, but you have to give it grace. Because at the end of the day, you did make a decision. And for those of you who maybe have not been vaccinated, right, and you're dealing with shedding, that's okay. You can still support your body. Um, But I do want to say this one more time. It is your body and your choice. If you want to know where I stand, there you go. I don't, I personally do not care what people are choosing to do. I believe that it is your right. Um, and when society shifted to saying you have to do this or you have to do that, like I, I just, I just had questions. Like I still have questions as you can tell based off that mm-hmm. answer. I'm sure some of those are going to get cut down, but like, you know, I think that we have to really think about what it is we ultimately want to do with our bodies because we have rights, liberties, and freedoms in this country. Okay? That's it. Preach. I fucking love <laughs> it. I'm with you 100%. And what I also want to add is something that I've been sharing with my community is look at everything we're seeing now with birth control 20, 30, 40 years into people taking this pill and the infertility, the leaky gut, the constant hormone issues. I mean, you name it, all the things that are caused. What do you think we're going to see in 20? I mean, God, maybe not even in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road from getting this vaccine that we don't know now. Here's my thing. I just have questions, right? So as somebody who works in, I mean, I'm a board certified integrative health practitioner, right? I have 
really valid questions about how this impacts fertility. And the reason I have these questions is because um, there was a Swedish scientist who actually raised, he was either Swedish or Swiss, I don't remember, but he raised a question about how the endometrium tissue, right, what gets shed from our body once a month, every month, looked very similar to this S protein. And when that question was raised, it caused me to look a little bit deeper and say, okay, wait a second, let's pump the brakes on this for a moment. What do you mean? Okay, so now I just want to know and understand. Once there is conducive research being done, and there is a study that's currently being done, uh, but the lead scientist said that she couldn't tell the difference between ovulation and anovulation. So when your egg is coming out versus when it's not coming out. That's the lead researcher for this specific study said. She tweeted that. Um, when the research comes out that says this does not impact fertility, it does not impact the egg health and different things like that, I may reconsider how I feel and how I personally guide people in this decision. But again, I'm very neutral in what you choose to do with your body because I promise you, you won't tell me what to do with mine. I make no apologies for that. That means I have to sit in my house and like grow my own food. Then I'm going to sit in my house and grow my own food and I'm going to look cute doing it. And this is not me being an anti-vaxxer for the record. This is me just straight up saying, I have questions. I understand the scientific method. And like we said before, we even started recording, right? Truth, it's provocative now. It gets the people going. And the truth of the matter is, Nobody studied how this is impacting menstrual cycles, so I can have questions, okay? It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. We can, we can all have questions and still love each other. We can all have questions and still take a shot if we need to. I, I know you're doing your sobriety journey, but I'm, I, I'm not. Okay, I did that in 2020. <laughs> I was like sober all of 2020 and it was great, but I was also like, it's been a year. It's time for a drink now. So uh, that's kind of where I stand. And, Ah, man. People hate me. Well, at least I'm cute. Well, I like you and you're cute. (laughs) So there's that. I think, too, I mean, all of this aside, I think we just have to normalize asking more questions, asking better questions in all aspects of our life, in our spiritual practice, in our relationships, in the way we take care of our health, in the way we, you know, talk to our doctors, whatever it is ask better questions and know that it is okay to ask. It is okay to advocate for yourself. It is a beautiful thing to learn and to expand yourself and to whether you find something and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. I actually, what I believed, maybe I don't believe anymore. And I have new information and that's amazing. Context is wonderful. Having these conversations is so powerful and can change your life. And I want people to feel and to know that asking questions is more than okay. I could not agree with that more. I think that we need to do a better job of truly seeking truth and being quick to listen and slow to speak. We live in the society that is so quick to respond to everything. Like, oh my gosh, the amount of people who just let me, these like Twitter fingers everybody has fall all the way back. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm not the person for it. Like, keep, keep that energy to yourself. But, you know, It's okay to seek truth, to speak truth, and know that regardless of, you know, how people may receive it, it's the truth anyhow. It is like, you know who's a really good rebel? Who? Anybody who speaks the truth. 
Mm. Yeah. Quite literally, you know, because everybody believes something different. So your truth may be different than my truth, but does that make it any less of the truth? No. When we think about the duality of the universe, right? Let's go a little woo-woo, right? We have our positive and our negative. What if the catch is like not the positive or the negative, but understanding the gray right in the middle and creating the synergy between the two? What if we stop separating science and spirituality and learn how to create synergy and then true healing actually ensued, right? Like, oh, that's good. That's a line right there. That would hit I like that. <laughs> like, you Damn. know, that's, yes. that would be something. But that comes from understanding and being open to truths of all truth from all walks of life. But like, what do I know? I'm only 27, you know? What do, what do I know? Girl, you know, you know a lot. You know a lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed as hell. Um, okay. Cycle syncing. Mm-hmm. Such a foreign concept for most of us. Yeah. I use, um, okay, now of course, uh, natural cycles. Um, I've been using it for years. Uh, I don't really use it as much now because I'm pretty much on on the clock, regular. I've been off of birth control for, I don't know, six years now. Um, and so I've got that on lock, which feels really nice. I'm always within about a day. Tell us about what cycle syncing is, looks like, how we can do it, and why it doesn't have to be such a scary, overwhelming thing. Okay. So first and foremost, the definition of cycle syncing, it is literally that it's syncing your entire life with your menstrual cycle and the flows of your menstrual cycle. Now, there are four phases. First, menstruation. This is when you're on your period. This is when the uterine lining is shedding. And this is when you're like, bitch, don't try me, okay? This is when you just want to be left alone. The second phase of your cycle is called the follicular phase. So this is post-period, pre-ovulation. Generally, your hormone levels are on the rise. And we're like, ooh, I'm coming out. Like, hello, world, right? Like, this is the, the coffee date time, maybe going out for, like, juice and different things like that. The third phase of the cycle is ovulation. This is when the egg is released from your ovary mid-cycle. This is when there is a surge in your hormones. This is your fertile time. And this is a time where you're really feeling yourself. And if you don't feel yourself during this phase, we need to have a conversation, okay? This is when you also have a WAP. That's for your listeners, okay? In case they were wondering, <laughs> this is that time where it's like, hey, okay? And then the fourth phase of our cycle is our luteal phase, aka PMS. I say it is personal mystery solved, right? And this is when your estrogen and serotonin levels dip specifically. Um, you may notice that you're feeling a little bit moodier during this time, and that's because serotonin drops. So if you're feeling moody or if you are feeling like uh, dealing with imposter syndrome, anxiety, all of that, that's expected with a drop in your uh, estrogen and serotonin. And there's an increase in progesterone, which progesterone is actually designed to make us feel kind of good, uh, but not enough of us have higher high levels of it. So it kind of makes us just like, mm-hmm. um, but those are the four phases. Now, when you're sinking your life with this, I'm just going to give you guys like the short and sweet of it. Cause this could get really, really like nuanced. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like this is the vibe for it right now. I just, I don't, I don't know. So understand that there's two phases of high energy throughout your cycle and two phases of low energy throughout your cycle. So what we want to do is when we're PMSing and on our period, focus on our internal world and like the back end of our business, maybe. Okay. Focus in on the internal world of your body, but also of your business, 
whether you own your own business or you're a working professional or maybe you're a family manager, aka a stay-at-home mom. That's what you're going to do. Focus on that internal stuff. Then when it's post-period and ovulation time, it's game time, baby. This is high energy, external focus and connection with the world and bringing a vision to life and really showing up and serving. And I think those are the, that is the easiest way to practice cycle syncing. Not necessarily, uh, you don't have to be like me, right? You don't have to have your Google calendar coordinated with your cycle. This is what I do as a profession. This is how I live. I practice what I preach, right? But if you're new to this, two phases of high energy, two phases of low energy, use that for everything. So two phases of high energy. So think two weeks of high intensity interval training with your workouts, two weeks of lower intensity, lower uh, interval training with your workouts. If you're PMSing and you're like, I still want to get a little bit of a sweat in, but like also like nothing too hard, maybe go boxing, go hit some shit. You'll be okay. Right. Like, so we're still feeling really good. Like we're nourishing our body, but we're also like slowing it down, preparing for that release. So two for me, two for you. And it's all good. That's so good. Okay. How long is our, our menstrual cycle supposed to be one? Like the, I don't know all the words so you can fix this in a minute, but how long are we supposed to be bleeding? And then how many days once we start our period, do we again, start our period? So the entire menstrual cycle, okay, everybody is taught it's 28 days. False, okay? It's a myth about that right now. Your entire menstrual cycle can range from 21 days in length to 35 days in length, okay? So as long as you're in that window of I've bled, I've ovulated, I've PMSed, I'm going to bleed again within 21 to 35 days, you're golden, baby. Mm. When it comes to the actual period, when you're bleeding, that should be one to seven days in length. Technically, the sweet spot we want you to be in is like three to four days of a bleed upwards to seven days. Day eight of your cycle, we don't want you bleeding anymore. So generally what I find is most women who are not on hormonal birth control will bleed three to seven days. Okay. People who have recently transitioned off of hormonal birth control are recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is like missing periods. Like that's something I dealt with when I was in high school. At times, they will generally only bleed about one to two days. And that's so the body can kind of recalibrate itself. But does that answer your question? Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know the 21 to 35. Um, that's yeah, that's so good to know because I'm about 28, 29 days. Um but yeah, it's amazing. I think it also helps a lot of people who, if they're not 28 days and they think something's wrong with them, it creates a little bit more of, you know, leeway for you to, to understand that there's more room to play with than I think we actually thought. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting what we're taught about women's health specifically in menstrual cycles. Like, it's so funny because it's like, I'm not trying to say a guy like who didn't have a period came up with it, but like based off the way we're taught, I wouldn't be surprised. So we're also taught that your ovulation day is going to be day 14 of your cycle. That's only true if you have maybe a 28-day cycle. But it right. can also fluctuate based off of your lifestyle. So if you're a high-stress, high-anxiety person who's also overtraining and undernourishing, there's a good chance that you're not ovulating at all and you might not have a, a period altogether, right? But also, if you are like many people were during the pandemic, their periods were not showing up 
regularly because of the chronic stress. Stress is going to impact when you're ovulating at the end of the day. Ovulation is the main event of the menstrual cycle. But if your body doesn't feel safe, it may not ovulate. And this is something I know you talk about, it's feeling safe in your body. So I'm going to throw a question at the audience. How safe do you feel in your body? How secure do you feel in your body? Because when you're safe and secure in your body, you will naturally regulate yourself. But if you're in a constant fight or flight mode, your body's like, okay, are we catching this flight? Yeah. It's a whole different. That's like, I feel like we can go on so many tangents right now. I'm oh sorry. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you about <laughs> literally everything. I am obsessed with you. You're so good. I just like, this is really overwhelming for a lot of people. And we're not taught properly. And so now we're adult fucking women and we're like, okay, well, let me just go back to biology class and try to figure out what's going on with my body. And I just think you do such a great job of making this digestible and welcoming. And you have just like the best energy ever. And you're just so beautiful to look at and you have the best smile. And so it just makes it feel less scary. I really do feel that. And I think that's important. And, you know, I know my listeners can't see you right now, but I know that they're feeling what you're saying and they they are probably asking themselves questions they never have before. And I think that's amazing. That's really what this show is about. So Barry, thank you for being here and sharing yourself and just doing all the work, all the woo work, all the cycle work, all the things so that we are better equipped and have tools and resources to take care of ourselves better. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> A little love fest we got going. Yes. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.